0: My name is Dr. Josephine Palermo and my superpower is creating business cultures that transform organisations team by team. Today I'm joined by Shelley Keridwen Doyle, a connection coach who helps nomadic souls who've moved away from their hometown reconnect and feel a sense of belonging without relying on social media. From working with expats to innovating workplace well-being, Shelley combines cutting-edge research on loneliness, connection and belonging with decades of experience in corporate communications to deliver amazing workshops and programs around the world. As the founder of Communiverse Consulting and a host of Rediscovering Connection podcast, Shelley is on a mission to help people feel connected no matter where they are. This conversation is in two parts because we just had so much to talk about. I'm sure you're going to enjoy this one.
1: Well, hello, Shelley, how are you? Hello, Josephine, I'm really good. Great to see you again.
0: Yeah, it's good to see you as well. I feel like We've, um, I feel like we connect, we've connected really well and it really we've only met virtually so it'll be interesting to even reflect on how we've connected in this conversation today because we're talking about belonging which is a really um, important topic for me. I've spent a lot of my life researching and thinking about belonging and I know you have too Shelley so um, tell us a little bit about yourself. How did you get here and you can start
1: all the way back if you want to so up Thank to you. you. Yeah, well since you're in Australia and I'm a Brit in Canada, I feel like the international story is probably the one that needs to be told here. So when I was when I was 11 my father emigrated from the UK to New Zealand. Um so I was an intrepid traveler from a from a young age. We'd go over to New Zealand every 2 years from the age of 12 um solo my sister and I would go and we'd be accompanied by the air hostesses would look after us in the transits and everything Ah. and then I went to university found a really great group of friends um but the opportunity came up for a student exchange to Melbourne so of course I was used to traveling so it was for me it was a no-brainer but saying that I had got a wonderful group of friends and the idea of leaving that, uh, a group that I've been nurturing for the last 12 months, and I felt a real sense of belonging with to go, see ya, I'm going to go over to a student exchange. It was a big deal. And it meant me opting out of the housemates that I'd chosen to live with and having to change everything. But even so, it was an opportunity too big for me to pass up. So it was incredible. Went to Melbourne And um, I remember that was the first time I was intentional about the people that I befriended because I'd made such great friends at university in the UK. So there were a couple of people from the UK that had gone over to Melbourne, but they weren't my friends, um, nor my kind of people. So I kind of just sat back a little bit and really waited to really feel into the type of people that I wanted to connect in with. And I ended up making an amazing group of American and Canadian girls who were also doing their international exchange in Melbourne. So I actually went back from Melbourne with a bit of an American twang, which was very confusing (laughs) to everybody. (laughs) Um, So I've kind of kept this, um, I've become quite good at creating communities But, and I don't know if this is um, something left over from my dad moving, but I'm, I find it also quite easy to leave, um, which, so so I keep leaving communities. But it means that I do have pockets of amazing people all around the world who are, you know, part of my life. But when COVID hit and I was living in Wales, um. I was working in a multinational. I had two young kids. And all of those incredible people that I had around the world, it did not feel like any of them were in my life. And if anything, going on social media made it made it even worse. Yeah. Kind of just yeah. seeing them and voyeuring over the lives that they were leading, really feeling like, oh, it's a shame that we're not connected anymore. But the reality is when you're juggling a full-time job, you've got kids home from school and daycare because of the COVID pandemic, there was zero headspace for facilitating anything outside of that. And then just as life got a little bit normal, I moved again to Canada midway through the pandemic to start a mid-career master's started all over again um we didn't have anyone here and 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 then yeah the disconnection that i was already feeling for everybody else it was really highlighted we we weren't able to have a leaving party because of restrictions i'd barely seen anyone in the uk for like the last 18 months um and then we were thrown back into lockdown in canada (laughs) I was like I had no choice Mm. but to reconnect with myself and as a mum I think I'd kind of lost myself a little bit along the way and it was like okay I need to find myself again and really find that essence of me that I was but with this kind of new learning new wisdom and I did I had a few months of really connecting in with myself doing a lot of inner work doing a lot of coaching um, to find my voice again and 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 what really came through strongly was, I literally heard you you need to help people feel connected. And it was like, I need to start with myself. I needed to I needed to feel connected.' It's like, I need to do that because I think the thing is you teach what you need to learn. So then I started bringing some of my groups together. Um, I brought my Melbourne my Melbourne uni friends together in a live digital event. And whilst we had kept in touch um, through like WhatsApp and the odd email exchange, we had never come together as a group before. I'd seen a few of them when they visited London and I'd been back to Melbourne as well. But um, yeah, we had eight of us and five of us attended that first event. And it was incredible but even sending that invitation Josephine like that felt vulnerable from the idea coming to me to actually send it was probably months to send it right and it's like why is this feeling so vulnerable like yeah it's a beautiful idea who wouldn't like to receive what, that invitation? What
0: was the, what was the talk in your head what were the what were you saying to yourself that made you feel a bit doubtful or vulnerable about that
1: um what well, we've all gone on very different directions like I guess people that go on a student exchange it takes a certain type of person so quite a few of them are real high achievers um you know one's got a VC backed organization um you know really dynamic women and me I've just emigrated again I'm probably lack of confidence after having kids a little bit and just feeling less than. And, you know, you you see yes. people doing things on social media and you just think everybody's living this amazing, glamorous life. And you're like, More glamorous I... than me. Right, that's it. You're like, am I on the same, right? Will they come? Totally. Am I going to be just there waiting in that that's little room right. on my own? <laughs> but but they really can. That's where my... Yeah, yeah, they they did and we've had we've had three or four more since then and we mm-hmm. we're quite um in regular contact as well. We've had an invitation to go to my friends um like country retreat in Toronto and yeah, it's beautiful like I feel connected with them again and honestly over the course of the last 2 years now I've kind of done that with with various groups. Um and they're not that regular like I found, I found about every six months feels enough um, for certain groups. Um, and and actually doing this work, I realized that I don't now need loads of, loads of connection to, to feel that sense of belonging anymore. But, you- but knowing that they're there. It's so huge. When you say mm. the
0: just give me a sense of what the event was or is, or what's yeah. what's it morphed into, because it sounds like this has now become something that you provide, like a service in a way. So, so tell me a little bit about what the event is. You know, if I
1: went to an event, yeah, what would I mean, I expect? back way back then they weren't at all structured, Um so it was literally just come onto a Zoom. Since then, I've toyed with various metaverse platforms. Because I'm really quite bullish on on this. As soon as I heard about the metaverse, I was really excited. Yes, and I was me like, too. this is how we're going to connect this is how we're going to connect, it's going to feel amazing. And I, I do really like the vibe of metaverse platforms. Um, I have trialed them with various groups a multi-generational group I would not recommend that did not go well there were tech fails there was actually oh, no. a little bit of a little bit of anger towards me and I'm like oh, no. i trying guys I'm trying to make this feel good but yeah that didn't work um, so so now I, I do facilitate circles for organizations so I facilitate executive circles um, whether it's uh, executive teams in one organization or executives from different organizations to come together to talk about topics like connection and belonging and um, in their personal and their professional lives because really if we're feeling that deep sense of connection and belonging in our personal lives it it spills over and and the same on the other side because
0: yes
1: really it's all about being able to be our authentic self with the people who we are in the presence of I'm smiling because
0: I really resonate with that. Absolutely. Yes. I keep talking about, I keep talking about we need to develop workplace cultures where we can bring our whole selves. So, and mm. it's exactly in line with what you're saying. It, it's that authenticity uh uh and and that does it does it spills over in everything you do but it, it yes. you can't you can't separate personal and and work persona i think it's it it you know they because in when we're in our default behaviors we we're just ourselves because we forget you know that that persona that we've we've created for other people so yeah absolutely especially when we're under pressure and rushed you just you're left with yourself basically
1: Yes. And I do wonder if the shift to remote working has made that shift because maybe it's like when you go into your office building and you can kind of put your corporate mask on. It's like I, I'm curious to to discover if people have felt that. I wonder if have you heard of um a book called Reinventing Organizations by Frederick Laloux? Yes, yes. 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 I so love that was yeah, so that was part of my the first year of my masters. That yeah. was on my reading list. And since then I've um, become um, a, a member of Enlivening Edge, which is like a magazine offshoot of of um, the book. And yeah, that talks all about wholeness as one of their real key pillars of teal organisations. So, yeah, that's yeah. been a it's, really it's a big fabulous part of my book. learning. Actually, yes. I didn't
0: realize there was a community that goes along with it. That's wonderful. So we might share the link in the in the show notes yeah. for this because I am sure yeah, others will be interested. it's a really beautiful
1: group, very international. I did a talk for them last week, actually. Um, when I was t- and I was talking to them about employee resource groups because that was in my last organization. It was a multinational. We had a really big office in Cardiff where I was, but actually, my team was all based in Germany. So when I came in as a new recruit, it was it was a really interesting dynamic because I'd always been agency side. And it was my first time in-house, which was a which was a nice feeling because mm. it was like we were all kind of on one team. Yeah. Different feeling around time- belonging, right? As well. Yeah. yeah. But at the same time, my actual team wasn't there. So I was still a bit of a lone wolf within the organization. And it took me, um, to create an employee resource group around well-being, to then really start finding my people within the organisation, and then ha- you know having regular sessions intentionally for the employee resource group, but also just having coffees and walks with the people that I then found were my people. Yeah, absolutely, that's wonderful. And Shelley,
0: before we go on. I I need to ask you, what's your definition of belonging? How would you define it?
1: So it's really, you feel a sense of belonging when, when you're accepted as your most authentic self and you're feeling supported, included whilst being yourself Um, And I really I really get a lot of my understanding of belonging through Brené Brown. And she differentiates between fitting in and belonging. So when we fit in, we might be included, but that's not necessarily being included for being us. It's included for, you know, talking the talk that they want to hear.
0: Yeah.
1: Right. So that's the real that's the real difference. And I felt this big time um, last year. I, I was feeling a yearning for community, living in a different country off the back of being locked down again. So um, I applied for my family and I to move into an eco village, which is uh, like a small intentional community on Vancouver Island. Oh. And um, they accepted us. So we moved in in September last year. We lasted for four months, which was It was basically like another intensive module of my master's because I learned so much, but it was hard. It was very hard and I put my family through it. Um, They did not necessarily, you know, they wouldn't have necessarily chosen to go there had I not been the one going, come on guys, like, yeah, what, sorry, what was we're... it like?
0: What what were the what, what were the living conditions like? This is fasc- so I didn't we, realize there were yeah. eco villages in Vancouver. So tell yeah, us a little yeah. bit about that. So
1: um they're like hobbit homes. So all the homes are made of cob um which I which would have school groups come and I'd kind of help help the kids make these cob walls and everything. But we now, have hang on, I don't own... know what cob is sorry. from an Australian um, perspective. So it's um so it's a mix of sand sand straw and water (gasps) essentially you just like mix them all together and then we go um we did have we did have quite an amazing home like we had a two-bedroom standalone home but there was no proper kitchen we had a we had a fridge freezer and we had a toaster and a kettle but that was it so we ate all of our meals in community every single day (laughs) Um, which was was really fun when we first moved in and everything was outdoors and there seemed a lot of room and the kids could run around. And then as soon as winter kind of crept in and everything went inside and we actually had to wear masks (gasps) again because a couple of the people there were immunocompromised um, and that was like, oh, you know, I understand in some places that you know we we do and when I'm traveling, I often still do. Um, but like when you're in your home and essentially that community space was an extension of our home that was very challenging again um and and I really felt towards the end of it that that no, that that feeling of being my authentic self, I really felt a lot of judgment. And I felt myself withdrawing from being my authentic self.
0: So, tell me a little bit about that. What, what where was mm. the judgment coming from, and what was that about? Because mm. I'm sure that's not what the village was intending, right?
1: So. No, no. I, I think our our focuses were were very different. So, I'd gone in there fully transparent that I was really interested in the social peace so social sustainability is really what i'm all about um whereas an eco village it, the environmental piece is is their predominant um whilst you know the social thing there are rituals so every friday we come together in a heart circle which was a beautiful practice that i'm thrilled to now know and be able to take forwards um i i it's really tricky to even begin to explain um, why why I felt judged. <laughs> I mean, I was working hard behind the scenes building the programme that I then launched and started taking people through in the January. And I, I put up on the notice board quite a few times. I would love to take people through this. Um, there was zero interest um I put on yoga classes and then it it was just like there was pushback and I think coming from a communications background there was a lot of things that didn't work for me like they used text messaging as their communication all the time and bearing in mind we we had 13 meals together a week plus 10 a.m check-ins um and then the texts were constant on top of that that's very distracting it was very distracting very hard to find headspace to then be able to be delving into what I'm so it was it was kind of like my the narrative in my mind was constantly overrun by someone else's narrative which you know that's their narrative that's you know they were all consumable what was going on on the farm but we were we were paying rent to be there whereas some people were literally just there and they were living on the farm working on the farm to kind of cover their what cover their way um yeah i'm still like i'm still unpacking it honestly yeah, i can imagine i can imagine because what was your uh, I, I imagine there's
0: a little bit of disappointment there too, because you well, obviously you applied and it was an you know an experiment, but uh, but I'm sure that there are lots of lessons for you. So I'm sure that oh, you're yeah. still processing it, because I, I can see how, for example, that shared sense of purpose, because what you're saying is maybe that was uh, there's a bit of a misalignment there. Everyone else was interested in the farm mm-hmm. and the kind of environmental sustainability. And the work that I do, for example, with teams, it's all about creating that sense of shared purpose. So maybe you know, there's a lesson in that where you saw that play out, um, and uh, and and that's really there's a, there's a relationship there with this sense of belonging as well. So mm. and I'm you know I'm sure that makes sense, but there would yeah. be other lessons there as well.
1: Mm, I appreciate yeah I appreciate the thoughts gonna help me yeah and and one of the one of the things like I'm all about innovative technology so I think I kept proposing ways to do things better and everything that I was proposing was kind of pushed back.
0: Of course, because you're the new person in the group. <laughs> and You come in, you're I an early like, adopter. I wanted, I
1: wanted to add value. And yeah. It was like I just didn't feel like I was able to add the value that I felt I could yeah. and that was uh, frustrating. Yeah, yeah.
0: And, you know, yeah. and that that sense of contribution is really, like all of this has has lessons to what we do in life and in organisations because
1: Absolutely. it's
0: really, you know, with groups, it is really important to be, uh, to allow for that openness. And you know, we know that openness drives innovation. So, you know, I can imagine going into a group and you've got this this wealth of ideas uh, and you want to share that, but people in the group are sort of, sort of there thinking, we've done this the same for so many months or years or whatever we're just going to you know we're just going to run with what we know and and you know i'm sure they didn't even think about it as pushback but it's but that's how you're feeling about it so it's really interesting mm. isn't it? it there's a lot of um you know i can see a lot of synergies between that and what we do in organizations when we when we you know don't you know we onboard new people we bring new people in because we want their new ideas and and their their talent and skill and then we don't create an environment where we can Leverage that, you know. You can see yes,
1: and when you're just talking about onboarding, that's something that I'm really looking at right now. Like particularly for international recruits and for people that come on board as fully remote team members. So how do we nurture that sense of belonging for for these people, not only in their professional lives but in their personal lives if they've literally moved location and then started work with with that organization how do we really help them to integrate in their lives because if they're happy they become happy and connected and fulfilled in their personal life like we mentioned before that is going to overspill they're going to be productive members of your team so I'm, um, yeah, really, really going into work with organizations now on their onboarding. Yeah, I love that. I
0: love that. And you've got a program that I'm interested in too, which is uh, looking at um, executives and lonely at the top executive circles. Tell me a little mm-hmm. bit about that because I, I, I um, in terms of sort of circles and gatherings, um, you know, what is that for people at the, you know, at the top team level?
1: Yeah. And it it doesn't necessarily even need to be at the, you know, at the very top. But I think even just naming it that is just highlighting the fact that loneliness isn't just for, you know, entry level people that are coming into organizations. And it can feel very lonely as you move up because there's less people that can relate to the pressures that you're in. And maybe the when you get to that level as well, then there's often often family commitments outside of work, which add to the pressure um, that you're under and maybe people don't understand where you're at. So the circles um, can really help people to, to, to bring their authentic self into the group. And it does work really well when it is one organization because they're having conversations that they just don't otherwise have. But also, like I said yesterday, I'd just done a workshop and I'd had quite a few people that I knew come and it can feel um more vulnerable to be talking in front of people that you know so some 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 execs do like to come and know that they're not going to be with people from their organization so they can share openly Mm -mm. and actually build new connections with other people at their level at other organizations which has been really beautiful to see and flourish um and yeah bringing in um kind of the circle techniques that I've learned at the eco village, but also um, through arts international and authentic relating as well. So I'm learning about circling there and, you know, just refining as I go and really seeing what feels good. But uh, one of the really big learnings that I've had through my master's education is all about reciprocal vulnerability and how this really matters to build trust So I think of it like peeling back layers of the onion. And if we want to go a level deeper with somebody, be willing to share first because that really takes the pressure off before asking something intimate, share something of yourself because then that person is more inclined to, to, to feel called to share something with you. And then don't go too deep too quickly. So, like, just peel back a layer at a time and then s- see if you feel comfortable going a layer deeper. So how do you know? Because, you know, I'm kind
0: of going to all those over-sharers I've met in my life. How do you know yes.
1: what's the right level? Okay, so there's a relationship deepening game called 39 Questions with a researcher named, it's either Arthur Aaron or Aaron Arthur. And it's quite interesting, so it's got three stages, and each stage is 15 minutes, and you have a set of questions. And you don't have to read all the questions. you just go until you set timer for 15 minutes. So stage one is basically like uh, the first layer of the onion, and you ask, I would ask you a question, you answer it, and then I answer the same question. right. So we on- so we only ask something that we're willing to answer yes, ourselves. Yes yeah,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: And then stage two. You go a level deeper and stage three a level deeper. But I've trialed this with people that I know and also with people that I don't know very well. And actually trialing it with people that I don't know very well, it was actually too deep too quickly to do all three stages. So actually trialing these kind of games with people that you know, you can sense your own comfort levels And then that means that when you're speaking with people that you don't know, you don't necessarily need to play these games, but you've got a much better understanding of what feels what feels okay to you and what feels okay to you and me is probably going to feel different. You know, can you give me an example of a level one question? Oh, can I? I don't have it here. Um, but why don't we put it in the show notes? Yeah, okay. I can put it in the show All right, notes.
0: That would be wonderful. Yeah.
1: Cuz I imagine
0: it's um it's a really nice um tactic to have up your sleeve for people that are trying to also just connect in, you know, re- even outside a circle, you know, to connect one-on-one and you know, having Sometimes having a guide, uh, having a sense of well, I can ask this question and I'll answer that question. That's a really easy thing to remember. You know, I meet, ma- I might meet a colleague, or I might even meet a. Uh, someone for the first time and i think you know that it's like breaking the ice like how do i yes. get to that mm-hmm. apart from you know that first question of how are you today that nobody wants yes. to answer with authenticity mm-hmm. anyway what do you do after that so i think it would be really useful if if uh, just yeah. to read through a set of questions if that's available and totally.
1: um, um, the um the researcher he developed these specific questions back in the 90s and he said even during the covid pandemic he and his wife were still using them with friends oh, over zoom yeah. so they've okay. stood the test of time mm. um Lovely. i think it was i think it was initially they were created it was 39 questions to love and they were meant to be used to, to, for people making yeah. new romantic relationships <laughs> but then it, it, it's perfect for both yeah, yeah um,